Welcome to the Sunday message from Hollyview Church in Boring, Oregon. We gather each Sunday morning at 10.30 as a worshiping community of Jesus followers on mission to see God glorified in our lives, our cities, and around the world. At Hollyview, the Bible serves as our foundation and guide for both life and ministry. It tells the story of God and the story of us. We believe the better we know the themes and flow of the biblical story, the better we will be able to find our little place in God's grand storyline. Thank you for joining us. And now, here's this week's message from Hollyview Church as Pastor Joel preaches from 2 Samuel chapter 22 with a message entitled, The Rock of My Salvation. We are getting to the end of our series in the book of Samuel. We started it last January. Uh, and we only have just a few more weeks left, and they line up just perfectly with this Christmas uh, season. Uh, so I'd like to begin today by reading from 2 Samuel. We're looking at chapter 22, 2 Samuel 22. Uh, if you have a Bible, that's great. If you don't, there's one in the pew in front of you. It'll be on page 255, uh, 255. And just like they've done in centuries past, I'd like to ask you to stand as we read uh, from God's Word. 2 Samuel 22. And David spoke to the Lord the words of this song on the day when the Lord delivered him from the hand of all his enemies and from the hand of Saul. He said, The Lord is my rock and my fortress, my deliverer, my God, my rock in whom I take refuge, my shield and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold and my refuge, my Savior. You save me from violence. David gets to the end of his life, and in this moment of peace from all of his enemies, he sings a song. Let's pray. Lord, as we open your word, we pray that you would send your spirit to open our eyes that we could see, open our ears that we could hear. Lord, soften each one of our hearts so that we could understand. That we would know you better, Lord, we'd leave here loving you even more. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Yeah, have a seat. You know, uh, if you were with us at the beginning, the beginning of the book of Samuel actually starts with the song too. Uh, it's Hannah's song as she's praying for uh, this baby to come. And, and actually ends, the book of Samuel ends, it kind of bookends the book of Samuel with, with these songs. Uh, and this psalm, uh, just an interesting note, is actually the same song as Psalm 18. So if you even write that in your Bible, Psalm 18 is the exact as 2 Samuel 22. That's the same song. It's like, uh, 2 Samuel quotes from Psalm 18 and puts the whole song uh, in there. It's an important song, and I think it's probably one of David's like top five, you know, top 40 hits. It's probably number one in his book. It's the, it's the most quoted song in the Bible because the whole thing is quoted uh, right here in 2 Samuel 22. I, I imagine this song was David's go-to after uh, he won a battle or he was victorious over something. It's the moment when David's on the battlefield and he finally can release the grip on his sword a little bit and let his, let his arms down. When in the silence of that field, he just starts, he starts singing. And you, you can almost hear it as David's voice starts rising from the battlefield. The Lord's my rock my salvation. When we were a goner, we didn't know how this was going to go, but he saved us. The Lord's my rock. 
And as David, at the end of his life, looks back over everywhere God's led him and provided for him and protect him, he can only help but say, the Lord is my rock. When all else has been shifting and changing and moving all around, the Lord has always been there for me. And so he sings this song. Now, before we dive into the text of 2 Samuel 22, you actually need to know there is another song at the end of someone's life that's actually about the same subject of God being a rock. You see, Moses, uh, the Lord led him and guided him through so many things, and he gets to the end of his life, and guess what? He sings a song. Uh, You find it in Deuteronomy 32, if you want to flip back there. Uh, The song, the end of his life, and the theme of Moses' song at the end of his life, he calls the Lord, God, his rock. In Deuteronomy 32.3, it says this, For I will proclaim the name of the Lord, ascribe greatness to our God, the rock. His work is perfect. For all his ways are justice, a God of faithfulness and without iniquity. Just and upright is he. For, For Moses, he looks back over his life and goes, God's the rock. He didn't change. He didn't move. He he was always there when I needed him. He never failed. He is this rock. But if you read both of Deuteronomy 32 and 2 Samuel 22 or Psalm 18, you'll, you'll, you'll find out that they're using this image of a rock, but it's actually something more. It's almost like this rock is alive and active and moving, not, not just stable and stagnant there. So I need to tell you another story before we go to 2 Samuel 22. And, and this story is going to add to your understanding. So when we think of God as our rock, you're going to be like, oh, I get it. So I want to tell you this. Uh, Moses, he is drawn out from the Nile uh, by Pharaoh's daughter. He lives in Pharaoh's house for 40 years. He ends up going out in the wilderness for 40 years, comes back and leads the people of Israel out of slavery through the Red Sea into the wilderness. God is on the move and he's protected. He's been there. He's provided for, for Moses and the Israelites to bring them out uh, of this uh, slavery that they were in. And they get to the wilderness, and I want you to picture the scene. They're in the wilderness, and there's nothing around. I mean, there's rocks and dust, and that's it. Everywhere you see, there's just huge rocks. And the children are playing with their friends and throwing rocks around and climbing things. And when one of them comes over to the mom and goes, Mom, I'm thirsty, give me something to drink. And mom goes, not right now, just keep going playing. I'll tell you when it's time to drink later. Go, go. He's like, no, Mom, I'm thirsty. Give me something to drink. Not now. I told you. Come back later. It's not time. And you can almost feel the panic in that mom. Like, where am I going to get something to drink? You, You look around, and there's nothing but rocks and dust. And so the mom starts asking, hey, do you have some? You have some water left? My kid's really thirsty. You don't have any water left? Well, maybe my friends, maybe my family has somebody, and everywhere they ask, it's no, sorry, no more water. We're out of water. No more water. I don't have any water either. Can you imagine the panic that's beginning to well up? You look around, there's two million people. You're in the desert with only rocks and dust, and your kid is thirsty. Your animals are starting to, like, cry out because they're thirsty. It's just, it's hot. It's panic, and and it's, what are you going to do? It's almost like if there was this like nationwide pandemic and you went to the grocery store because you had to get toilet paper. <laughs> Can anyone relate? 
and you walk in, I mean, I don't, and you walk in and you see the aisle in Fred Meyer and it's got, it's completely empty, no toilet paper. And you're thinking, okay, we have uh, like a third of the Costco thing left, so that's, okay, well, we're gonna, do we need to start like rationing our toilet paper? I have a funny story for you, that, but anyway, rationing toilet, like what do you, honestly, what are you going to do? Because you need toilet paper. And so then your mind starts going in some really strange places. Right? Because you need it. Like, but it's not there. And there's like, there's like hundreds of thousands of people all in line at Costco to get toilet paper. Well, this isn't toilet paper. This is water. And the people are starting to get angry and desperate. And they're coming to Moses and they're saying, give us water now. My kid, he's lethargic now. He's not even moving. Give us water. I need water. Did you lead us out here to die? Exodus 17, verse 4. So Moses cried to the Lord, What shall I do with this people? They're almost ready to stone me. And the Lord said to Moses, Pass on before the people, taking with you some of the elders of Israel, and take in your hand the staff with you, which you struck the Nile, and go. Behold, I will stand before you there on the rock at Horeb, and you shall strike the rock and water shall come out of it, and the people will drink. Moses, I know it's a desperate situation, but what I want you to do is I want you to take that, that staff that you have, that wood staff, I want you to go over to that rock that has probably never moved, and I want you to hit it. And you got to think Moses is like, what's that going to do? <laughs> I'm hitting something that can't be moved or changed. I'm hitting this huge rock. And when he hits it, waters of living water flow out and save the people. Can you imagine the joy that was there? They drank and were satisfied. So when Moses says, the Lord is my rock, it means more than just he's solid and stable, but it does mean that. It also means in the most desperate of times, when it looked like there was nowhere else that I could go, when there was no hope in anything, there was the rock that God had provided from creation to be right there in that exact moment so that from that rock, when it was struck, could be these waters that come out. The rock for Moses was this image of hope in desperate times. And, and as David then reflects on Moses' song at the end of his life and says, the Lord is my rock, I have to believe that David has that same story in mind as well. Now, with that background in mind, now we come to our text in 2 Samuel 22. So here are your Bibles. Make sure you're, you're right there. Uh, this, this song reflects Moses' song at the end of his life. And the theme, of the, the theme of the song is the Lord is a rock. You'll see it at multiple places through the song. Uh, the rock, but it's not just like this firm foundation, though it is. It's even more than that. It's, it, it, you're going to hear salvation through it. You're going to hear redemption through the rock. You're going to hear this rock. It does some amazing things. The Lord is my rock. But I probably have to admit here this morning, there's probably some people uh, in here, even this auditorium, that are feeling like, man, I'm in a desert. Uh, I'm in the wilderness. I, I, don't, <laughs> I don't see where God's at work. Does he even see me? Does he know me? Does he even care? What, what can a rock do for me? That might be great for Moses or even David, but what, what's a rock mean for me? And so as we go through this 
uh, psalm of David, I want, I'm going to point out three things that the rock means to David and in turn means to us as well. Three themes, three themes in the song of what God means as the rock. Here's the first one if you're taking notes. First one's this, the rock rescued him. The rock rescued him. When David looks back over his life, he sees there was one place I could always go. There, there was one place where my feet were standing, they wouldn't be changed, and that was the Lord, his rock. Let's look at 2 Samuel 22. We're going to read uh, starting in verse 4. David says this, I called upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised, and I am saved from my enemies. For the waves of death encompassed me, the torrents of destruction assailed me, the cords of Sheol entangled me, the snares of death confronted me. In my distress, I called upon the Lord. To my God, I called. From his temple, he heard my voice, and my cry came to his ears. Then the earth reeled and rocked. The foundations of the heavens trembled and quaked because he was angry. Smoke went up from his nostrils and devouring fire from his mouth. Glowing coals flamed forth from him. He bowed, he bowed the heavens and came down. Thick darkness was under his feet. He rode on a cherub and flew. He was seen on the wings of the wind. He made darkness around him his canopy, thick clouds a gathering of water. Out of the brightness before him, coals of fire flamed forth. The Lord thundered from heaven, and the Most High uttered his voice, and he sent out arrows and scattered them, lightning and routed them. Then the channels of the sea were seen. The foundations of the world were laid bare at the rebuke of the Lord. At the blast of his breath of his nostrils, he sent from on high, he took me. He drew me out of the waters. He rescued me from my strong enemy, from those who hated me, for they were too mighty for me. They confronted me in the day of my calamity, but the Lord was my support. He brought me out into a broad place. He rescued me because he delighted in me. The rock had rescued David. And he thought back over his life. He remembered sitting in the king's court playing his music when a spear was thrown at him and he dodged out of the way. The Lord rescued him. He, he remembered facing a giant with this huge spear and he had nothing and he looked down and there, placed exactly right, were these smooth stones that he could pick up and the Lord rescued him. He remembered running away from King Saul and the army bearing down and they had a few mighty men but they were stuck in a cave and the army was coming and they had nowhere to go and he didn't know what he was going to do and the Lord rescued him. Again and again, he could see the one solid place in his life. The one place that was not changing and moving was the Lord. The Lord had rescued him. You know, I think all of us look for a rock in our life, some, something stable, a firm foundation, and we look for politics, maybe that will bring a firm foundation, the economy, if we can just get that turned around, our job, our career, our bank statements, our relationships, whatever it is, we're all looking for this rock that we can call on that will rescue us. And as David looks back over his life, he says, there's only one. There's only one rock, and that's the Lord. So if you're feeling this morning, if you're feeling like, boy, these holiday seasons are like overwhelming. It's like a flood of things. I can't even keep up with everything. Uh, that's the chance the Lord's calling. Go to the rock. 
Uh, I remember Augustine said, work, 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 I have so much work to do today, and I find it necessary that I spend the first three hours in prayer. Uh, it's beyond the chaos of life and all the list of things to do. Uh, go to the Lord. He's going to be your, your rock. The rock had rescued David. Here's the second thing. The rock redeemed David. He redeemed him. Uh, you're going to see in this next little bit how, how this rock changed David. It, it changed his heart. It purified him. It made him blameless. Uh, it's almost as this 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 rock was like washing over him. Uh, 2 Samuel 22, verse 21. The Lord dealt with me according to my righteousness. According to the cleanliness of my hands, he rewarded me. For I have kept the ways of the Lord and have not wickedly departed from my God. For all his rules were before me, and from his statues I did not turn aside. I was blameless before him, and I kept myself from guilt. And the Lord has rewarded me according to my righteousness, according to my cleanliness in his sight. With the merciful, you will show yourself merciful. With the blameless man, you will show yourself blameless. With the purified, you deal purely. And with the crooked, you make yourself seem tortuous. You save a humble people, but your eyes are on the haughty to bring them down. For you are my lamp, O Lord, and my God lightens my darkness. For by you I can run against a troop, and by my God I can leap over a wall. This God, his way is perfect. The word of the Lord proves true. He is a shield for those who take refuge in him. For who is God but the Lord? And who is a rock except our God? This God, this rock, is my strong refuge, and he has made my way blameless. He made my feet like the feet of a deer and set me secure on the heights. He trains my hands for war so that my arms can bend a bow of bronze. You know, there's only uh, one thing in your life that can make you blameless. There's only one thing that can be a light in the darkness. There's only one thing that can prepare you for the war and the battle that's ahead. Only one thing, and that one thing is the Lord. He's the rock. See, that rock changed something in David. Did you hear that? How else could David go, oh Lord, judge me according to my righteousness? And then you're like, whoop, David, are you sure you want to say that? I mean, you killed a guy. You slept with his wife. You're a failed father. All these things that David could have said, but in but in Instead, he's like, I come to this rock, and this rock has made me blameless so that I can stand before the Lord in, in, in like righteous and like a right standing before the Lord and before others. Who is this? Who, who is this rock? He says, it's none other than the Lord, my God, the Lord. See, the rock had redeemed him. And here we get to the last one, and this is the big one. So hang in there with me for one more because uh, this is where the money's at. Lastly, we're going to see that the rock was his salvation. The rock was his salvation. 2 Samuel 22, verse 36. It says, You have given me the shield of your salvation, and your gentleness made me great. 
You gave a wide place for my feet, my, my steps under me, and my feet did not slip. I pursued my enemies and destroyed them, and did not turn back until they were consumed. I consumed them, I thrust them through so that they did not rise. They fell under my feet. For you equipped me with the strength for the battle. You made those who rise against me sink under me. You made my enemies turn their backs to me. Those who hated me, I destroyed them. They looked, but there was none to save. They cried to the Lord, but he did not answer them. I beat them fine as dust on the earth. I crushed them and stamped them down like the mire of the streets. You delivered me from strife with my people. You kept me as the head of the nations. People whom I had not known served me. Foreigners came cringing to me. As soon as they heard of me, they obeyed me. Foreigners lost heart and came trembling out of their fortresses. The Lord lives. And blessed be my rock. And exalted be my God, the rock of my salvation. The God who gave me vengeance and brought down people under me. Who brought me out from my enemies. Who exalted me above those who rose against me. You delivered me from men of violence. For this I will praise you, O Lord, among the nations. And sing praises to your name. Great salvation he brings to his king and shows steadfast love to his anointed, to David, and to that one that's coming in the line of David. See, David reviews his life, and he looks and says, boy, this song comes ushering out. The Lord has been there at every turn, right when I needed him. From eternity past, he placed just the right thing that I needed right there because he was there offering redemption, rescue, salvation. It was almost as if, you read the song, it's almost as if that rock that Moses met at Horeb that saved the people in their most desperate moment, that that rock wasn't stuck there. It was almost as if this rock had been moving and following God's people ever since that day. You see, in desperate moments, you can see God, he put a rock right where it needed to be for salvation at just the right time in just the right place to offer living water to people, offer salvation. And the way David looks on that, that that rock had kept moving. In fact, uh, the Apostle Paul in the New Testament goes, yeah, and he's been moving ever since. You see, that rock is Jesus. 1 Corinthians 10.1. 1 Corinthians 10.1 says this, For I do not want you to be unaware, brothers, that our fathers were all under the cloud and all passed through the sea and all were baptized into Moses in the cloud and in the sea. And all ate the same spiritual food, and all drank the same spiritual drink. For they drank from the spiritual rock that followed them. And the rock was Christ. Nevertheless, with most of them, God was not pleased, for they were overthrown in the wilderness. Now these things took place as examples for us. That we might not, might not desire evil as they did. When Paul looks on the story of Christ, he goes, that rock in the most desperate times when it seems totally unlikely that anything could happen and the rock was struck by this thing and living water came out of it, that rock is Christ. And he's been following his people ever since. So in the most desperate moments when you don't know what to do or where to go, Christ says, I've made the way. He's offered salvation and redemption for us. Paul said the rock is an example 
for us. And that word in Greek is actually type. He's a type. Uh, this rock is a type for us, a type of Christ. And when you think about it, a rock struck in, and out of its side comes waters of living water that brings salvation. Uh, the unchanging, the unmovable, the almighty, the eternal, smitten to bring us salvation. Well, I hope you make the connections there. The rock is Jesus. And the salvation is offered for every one of you. It doesn't matter where you're at or where you come from. Here's the really good news. There's nothing they could have done to squeeze water out of a rock. Nothing. You can't hit it enough. You can't squeeze it enough. You can't, there's no way you're getting water out of a rock. The only thing you can do is just fall on the rock. It, it doesn't, it's nothing that you have to muster up as you even leave here. No, I just got to be good enough to be able to do it. No, there's, wherever you're at, the Lord is offering you this salvation, this, this cleansing water that, that offers you relief and rescue and redemption. So I think if you're a believer here today and you look back over your life, uh, I'm like midway through it, right? So I'm right in the, right in the midpoint, hopefully. Uh, and I look back over my life and go, it's, it's amazing. Everywhere I'm like, I get to the end of it, and I'm like, I don't know how you're going to rescue us from this. I mean, it's, it's impossible. It, it just seems totally hopeless. And yet God was right there going, I'm working. I have a plan for you. I ha I'm bringing salvation for you that you would look more like my son. And so that when I get to the end of it, uh, in my heart, I didn't sing this exact song, but in my heart I'm saying the same thing, David. The Lord's my rock. You know, I've been on this earth for 45 years, and I can tell you the Lord is not once disappointed. He has not once gone, oh, I messed up on that one. Sorry about that, Joel. I'll get back to you. I owe you one. He's never changed, but yet my circumstances, my decisions, me, I wander all over, and yet everywhere I go, the Lord's right there. And if that's you this morning, this song should be on your lips as well. You should say, the Lord's my rock. I mean, you can trust in whatever you want. Some trust in, in horses and chariots and big bank accounts. I trust in the Lord. Because through my experience, that's the only thing I know that's firm and stable and brings salvation. Well, you might be here this morning, and you might just be in the desert, in the wilderness. You feel lost. You feel alone. You feel like there's no hope. You look around, and you got people begging and pulling on you. Give me this. Give me this. Give me this. And you look around, and I say, I can't. I have nothing left. And all I see is dust and rocks. There's nothing. And God goes, at just the right time, I put this rock of salvation right there for you. And if you fall on it and accept this free gift of salvation, you too can be rescued and redeemed and receive salvation. There's nothing you do that can get water from the rock, and there's nothing you can do to earn your salvation. It's just a free gift. Uh, so if you're here this morning, and you've received that free gift, we're going to enter in a time of worship. And that's our chance. To, we've, we've gotten through another week. And we don't know about the week ahead, but the Lord's been faithful to you. And so recalling those moments and worshiping him is the right response. Uh, for those of you who are like, boy, I'm lost. I'd, I'd love to find this rock thing. Boy, I'd love to talk to you. Um, Ryan Glover, who's up here, would love to talk to you. Caleb, Jenny, his wife, uh, any, pretty much anyone in a row around you, you say, tell me about the rock. I need, I need the rock. 
Uh, and they'd be more than happy to tell. And if you don't know, you're like, I don't know. Let's go find out together. Then ask somebody else. Somebody's going to know uh, about that. So let me pray. Thanks for staying with me. Let's pray, and then we're going to worship uh, our rock. Lord, you make a way when we're most desperate, when we have nothing left, Lord, you have made a way for us through your son, through his death and resurrection, through his blood, through the smitten rock that out of his side pours waters of living water, that we can be saved and redeemed and rescued, that we could, we could even say, Lord, uh, because of the righteousness of your son, that we are in a right relationship with you. It's only you that can make it blameless. It's only you that can bring light into the darkness. So Lord, will we turn to you when times get hard and when times are easy so that you would be our rock through our whole life. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Thank you for joining us for this message from Hollyview Church. We invite you to join us in person for our worship service every Sunday morning at 1030. You can find us on Southeast 257th Avenue, just off of Highway 212 between Boring and Damascus, Oregon. Or find us online at hollyviewchurch.com. Together, we are being shaped by the gospel, rooted in God's word, to share God's grace and truth. Again, whether online or in person, Thank you for joining us here at Hollyview Church.